Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bullet Points Extra. That's how you say it, because it's it's uh, more than the usual bullet points, so you spend more time than usual saying it. You say, Extra. <laughs> um, we are, uh, I think this is the fourth one of these we've done. It's where, if you're not up to speed, we talk about games that don't fit into our usual, very loose categorization of have shooting in them. Uh, the game that we're playing today has a, a little bit of shooting in it, but but not enough maybe to uh, slap it into the the main category. Mm-hmm. Um, Astrid, I am joined by Astrid Budgore. Uh, Hello. How are you doing uh, today? I'm good. I'm just uh, enjoying some coffee out of the old Aero Press. <laughs> yeah, you you probably drink like <laughs> the the good stuff at home, right? Yeah, I get it from work, so... And I got this little machine. It's not even a machine, it's just like a tube. And you just put water and coffee in it, and you squeeze it out. And it tastes, like, a little better than drip coffee. I don't really know, honestly. It just makes me feel like it's better. That sounds... The way you describe the process of of brewing that is, like, pretty atrocious. Like, putting... <laughs> put in the tube. Yeah. Like, I'm picturing, and it like... it comes out the end. I'm picturing, like, a go-gurt type situation <laughs> just like this coffee sludge um i'm drinking coffee too from a environmentally unfriendly tassimo device what do you think about that well uh we'll just move on um all the f- revelation well i was gonna say this is all besides the point but it's not because we are talking today about the red strings club red string club red strings club uh, by it's plural, yeah. By deconstruct team, um, mm-hmm. the team who, I think the only other game that they've made before this one was that Gods Will Be Watching. That was them, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, that was a. Did you play that? Because I remember <clears throat> I played part of it. I couldn't. It, it was. I can't remember exactly why I couldn't get into it, but it was just. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, I wasn't too into the writing in it, and then it was sort of, had all this different stuff about really finicky ways that you had to manage every situation, and I remember kind of liking the idea of what it was going for, but I couldn't, I don't know, I I just wanted to know the story. uh, Yeah, I'm looking actually at these screenshots, I do remember this, it was like you had a couple of characters that you're like trying to, not like save but just like manage these situations right and there's sort of like emotions and all these uh i guess emotional puzzles i don't know how to describe it really there's some of that in this game actually um yeah you but i think it's kind of better yeah it seems like this one yeah i kind of want to go back and play that one but i think this game is probably a marked improvement just by how well it hangs together yeah. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, <laughs> we've no. already thrown out the numerical score here, uh, so y'all can go home. It's an yeah. 8 out of 10. Yeah, whereas Gods Will Be Watching was a 7 out of 10. Yeah, strong 7. You know what, though? By the end of this, this episode, maybe I, I have a feeling Red Strings Club will be a 7 out of 10 as well. It's all, <laughs> it's all video games, inevitably. Yeah. Um, so I guess the premise of this game... Uh, to try to sum it up a little bit, it's it's sort of an adventure game. Uh, it's mainly text text focused, um, mm-hmm. and it's set several decades in the future. 
and uh, stop me if you've heard this before, mega corporations are controlling everything and <laughs> people with cybernetic implants and androids uh, or a robot. Is she a robot? Are oh. they a, the Akara? Akara. Akara, yeah, is an android. Uh, are there, well, this is sort of spoilers. We're going to probably get into a lot of spoilers here. Oh, yeah, Akara, this is... It, no there's holds. a there's a pink-haired robot named Akara who is sort of a they have many bodies but it's one AI consciousness. Mhm. Um so you have all that stuff, you know, and it's raining and there's some neon and uh people are wearing shades. Um it's that yeah, kind of game. Yeah, there's some uh there's some hot shades in this one. The uh the character Brandis, is that how you pronounce? It? There's no voice acting, so some of the names uh, we might fuck up, but Brandis, the hacker, has some pretty sick shades. Yeah, and he's cyber shades. He's smoking all the time too. So he's you know always he's, yeah. You know he means business. He has those yeah. those fancy video game cigarettes that you can smoke for like <laughs> ten minutes in a row if you, <laughs> if you just walk away from the computer. Yeah. Um. So, but you mainly play as this bartender named Donovan, who yep. uh, is the bartender at this this place called the red strings club and kind of the hook of the game although it's uh, sort of less central than i thought it would be when i started playing is that people come into this bar and you serve them drinks uh, that influence that sort of like play to their different emotions that he picks mm-hmm. up so he's an information broker he wants to figure out things going on in the city and going on in this corporation by by talking to these people so you serve them I don't know, vodka might make them make this little circle move down so that they're more, like, depressed. And then they're going to tell you stuff uh, based on what they feel like talking about when they're depressed. Or you can serve them... I think bourbon really pumps them up. And then they... Which is... (laughs) But instead of, like, fighting, they just want to, like, get excited and tell you about things. Yeah, it seems... Also, like, the... I guess the UI of this little mini-game... Like, when they first show it, you think it's going to be, like, sort of just really stupid because (laughs) it's sort of, like, immediately, like, very obviously literalizing this process of, like, extracting information from people. But it's difficult to tell, like, how each mood will affect what they tell you because there's usually, like, three or four different moods you can choose from before you even start asking questions. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of... um, I think there's a lot that you could go back and replay and get sort of different answers or at least different tones to the conversation because the game does, as per the name, have a sort of uh, tracking system of what you ask people and what you decide throughout the game. And it's sort of a red string going through all the different branching choices. So you get to see like the potential outcomes of each scenario, which aren't like someone dies or like you get an item but it's usually just they tell you a piece of information yeah it's what you learn just sort of accumulates by what you ask them when i guess yeah and that stuff is kind of interesting because when i first started playing um i i kind of thought well this is going to be you know sort of visual novel style uh if you don't see this stuff you're going to have to replay the game and go through but it's it's less sort of um it's less like 
important branches. I have a feeling I didn't play through it a second time. I didn't have time, unfortunately. No, I want to um, actually. But... Yeah, I'm kind of curious about it too. Um, but I have a feeling the way that the story is structured that it was going to end up in the same place, just with sort of the way you get there yeah. and, and the things, the way that you, the way that you uh, approach different things depends on what information you gathered by yeah. how you talk to people. Yeah. Um, and um I th- I for my part I kind of that's probably my favorite kind of like branching like choice based stories in a game is when mm-hmm. you're not like choosing your own adventure so to speak so much as you're sort of you're actually like playing the character the way that you would play them but within the bounds of them as like an authored person an authored character like yeah. you select things that they might say, but it's all within the realm of them as like a personality, I guess. The Witcher Three is really good about this. Like Geralt yeah. is always Geralt, but you can like direct him through situations within and, a limited number of options. Yeah, and the I think the Telltale games do that well too, even though I've probably had enough of the Telltale games. No, that's games. true. Yeah, like the the first Walking Dead, I think, like plays on your expectation those games being able to affect the ending yeah those games though do have more sort of if you do this one way this person may die or yeah they get have those shot big or... like those big branching points but which i mean a lot i think most any game like this does i think red strings club is slightly out of the ordinary that there's no well i shouldn't say that there's a moment where someone is like threatening or about to commit suicide and yeah it wasn't clear to me if i could like quote unquote fail that situation which is sort of a crass way to put uh that scenario but i ended up being able to talk her off the ledge but it was only because of a choice i had made earlier to like uh basically another information thing like i had gotten info from someone who had died and that information was able to like calm this person down so i don't really know what would happen if I didn't have that because her presence was sort of essential to the climax of the game. It seemed like I could see it working without her though. As yeah. Well. I guess I just used her at the ending and I could have maybe used someone else, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of writing in this game, which mm-hmm. is, um, and I was kind of impressed to see that when the credits roll, the first credit is like, <laughs> it's like directed, written, it's like five things and it's all one person yeah it's uh, like a one guy did all this stuff and there's like a tremendous amount of like branching uh dialogue obviously but then just like tiny intonations and like tags on the dialogue that indicate that you've asked this question previously or all this stuff so there's a lot there yeah i thought that stuff was really good i think it's all fairly seamless too as far as that goes you don't end up, like, running into a situation where you think you've done something, but they don't acknowledge it, really. I had that happen to me once or twice, but it wasn't it wasn't uh, a huge deal. I think it happened to me, the ending, uh, where you're calling everybody and using, like, a sort of AI voice mod to, like, trick people into telling you stuff. You can sort of, like, call people and then just be like, oh, sorry, and hang up and then call them again. That stuff isn't like as yeah. reactive, but I think that's probably almost impossible to do with how they structure that sequence. Yeah, I mean, maybe we should 
back up just a little bit though yeah sorry we're already at the ending here um (laughs) no just like to because i think part an important part of the context is you're playing as this guy donovan um i mean you you do play as other people as well you play as his his uh partner brandis brandis Brandis, (laughs) i guess (laughs) which is spelt in a way that i can't i can't (laughs) i can't puzzle out uh who is sort of like Donovan is the information broker. He's he's the guy who hangs out at his bar and he tries to get the right people in to talk to them and get their secrets. Um, this Brandy's guy is part of sort of like a boots on the ground, like amorphous rebellion yeah. against against the corporations. Proxima. Yeah, the names in this caps. thing are, are yeah. wild. Um, and sort of the setup for the game is that this company is is up to no good they they're sort of positioned as like a a more like the public sees them as like a more benevolent kind of like google or something um yeah they're massive and they've kind of have their tendrils in, in all aspects of society but people generally are fine with them because they make stuff that they like um yeah they but they are not uh they aren't the government as no. far as i could tell they no, are like I don't... A, a private corporation. You never hear very much about the government itself no, in this game. No, which is maybe just <laughs> a little clue of its own, I guess. Yeah. But, um, so anyway, the, the, the setup is that you're getting this information uh, for this guy, Brandis, and his, his cohorts. And uh, they're planning to... They're planning to go in and put a stop to this plan that the corporation is working on. What's their name again? It's a funny uh, name. Supercontinent or something? Yeah, Supercontinent, which is yeah. <laughs> just really, really strong. Uh, I don't know how you abbreviate that for like the NASDAQ or whatever. <laughs> um, but they're, they're going to unveil this uh, new thing that's going to affect the implants that that people have which you know are in their brains they're i mean they they affect all sorts of things about them yeah. uh they're going to unveil this new plan that you sort of puzzle out as the game's going on um the nature of what that plan is and these rebels want to stop it and you have i think two days to get as much information as you can before yes. they're going to go in and use the window right before this new product or plan or whatever launches yeah uh they want to go in and they want to hack into the system and and spike this thing somehow um so that's sort of like the big context of the game the game is like you know pretty brisk i thought it, yeah there's um there's sort of like a an array of there's only really one scene where you do this mini game where you sort of like uh you're sculpting an implant and when it happens, you think this is going to be something that they like repeat fifty times, mm-hmm. but it's the only time it ever comes up, which um, is which good, is cool because that mini game didn't work with my uh, laptop mouse very well. <laughs> <laughs> I kept like just moving my hand a little bit and <laughs> screwing it up. But yeah, it does. Um, this is one of the things I like about this game is you. I think the the first half hour or so feels sort of kind of aimless and a little shapeless and you're getting all these invented nouns thrown at you about Mm -hmm. you know proxima and supercontinent and this mind i forget what they say like mind mirroring 
Yeah, it's a so the program is social psych welfare, and then the nefarious or more nefarious sub program is a what is fuck? Yeah, it's like mind mirror something mind. It's basically with this sub program, it would affect anyone, implants or not. Right. So the idea is that they're sort of pushing out this like sort of nebulous, uh, like palatable version of their mind-altering program, but the reality is that it's going to affect everyone on Earth. Yeah, so you start off, though, and you don't know anything. I mean, this is the thing, I think, with a lot of sci-fi and Mm -hmm. fantasy stuff, where it's so, to me, as as someone who often has a hard time getting into that kind of thing, uh, getting into that genre stuff, I don't have... I have a bit of a dislike for fantasy, but... okay. Whatever, I'm, I'm open-minded. If stuff is good, I like it. Um, but the problem I always have with this is you get dropped into things, and I feel like when you start telling a story, you are already kind of in a state of, like, basic confusion and trying to find your feet when you're, mm-hmm. you know, getting used to who the characters are. If this was set in, you know, modern-day Toronto, you would still have to say, well, who's this person? Who's this person? Who's this person? Right and sort of situate yourself and then i think in in sci-fi and fantasy stuff you also have to think well what does that mean you know how does this world work um what what's going on in this far future version of of the world yeah and so the first little bit of this game i was kind of put off by just all these terms thrown at you and the characters um nothing's really introduced as much as you're just kind of thrown in the thick of it and it but it does, I think, pay off in a way that you you piece together more and more as the characters piece together more and more. Yeah, which, yeah, like you, I think you're right that that's sort of a gamble, no matter genre or setting of your story. And I do think this game is smart to sort of double that with the character's gradual understanding on all your information digging. It sort of makes sense. Um, and I will say that the... Yeah, I think it's in the first half hour that the sort of scene where you're sculpting implants comes in. And that sort of comes, I can't exactly remember, but I feel like it comes sort of out of nowhere. Like you enter this uh, place following one person and then you're suddenly controlling someone else. Yeah, the... But that, that scene where you, yeah, you're suddenly controlling the Akara android. Mm-hmm. And as that android, you're sculpting these implants and you think, oh, this is just a mini game. And then later it actually turns out that the people that you're implanting things are to or into are like important characters in the plot and the things you chose will actually affect like their emotional well-being and stuff so i thought that was really sort of an elegant way to do that because they sort of throw you into a mini game where you just think you're supposed to just like sort of blitz through it and not think about like this going into this person but then it actually does mean something yeah i like that i thought that was also a good way to get a sense of i don't know it it casts you as the player as just sort of like clocking in and being like oh, right yeah you know this these bodies come in on a conveyor belt and they have notes attached to them like i want more social media followers <laughs> um and who among you... us does not <laughs> <laughs> that was actually me in the game i was uh, <laughs> i was a backer you can see me nude and hanging from a hook <laughs> with a robot 
plunging its hands into my guts. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you're, you're just kind of doing this stuff and it, it sets you up to think, well, there are ramifications for how you deal with this. Um, yeah. You might say, uh, this person wants more social media followers, so you make them more charismatic. But then they're like freaked out about the number of haters that they have, <laughs> you know? So then you can say, well, just make it so they don't see them. And then this yeah. person is, you, you know, then feels like they're, they're missing something like they're shut off from a full understanding yeah. of what's going on. And, and I think that stuff, I think elegant was right. The, the way it, it folds back into the story as it comes to a close. Yeah. Because that sort of like stop and go like course correction stuff actually is, one of the major moral questions of the game, I think, like, if <laughs> if there was, like, this program that could sort of, like, block emotional responses on both ends of the extremity, so, like, uh, sort of, like, blind glee and also, like, suicidal depression, like, how far do you take that? Like, do you just numb people? Do you just keep it so they can only be depressed for this amount of time? Like, these are concerns that the game is, like playing out until the very end so to have it all introduced there there's just a lot in that scene and it's impressive that it seems like just some bullshit little mini game and then it that ends up is being... not super fun yeah <laughs> um yeah i i think that's probably the the big point to talk about <clears throat> i think yeah so this game seems very kind of by the numbers until I think partway through it's enjoyable after you sort of uh, get your feet on the ground you know the hook once you identify it that you are preparing to launch this attack on this corporation you have to prepare these people as best you can is good I like that Um, but what it starts getting into is um, these these questions of not you know you, you start off with some of the basic like uh, is technology going too far? Is this robot mm-hmm. <laughs> like is is this robot actually human? Like is an yeah. AI human? Um, but then you you end up with stuff where they they talk about the nature of this plan that this corporation is gonna is gonna use where it affects everyone, and the thing starts being um, is it right for this corporation to to be able to model things where they can kind of sand off the extremes of human behavior um and and i think that ends up being a lot more compelling and making the game a lot more compelling than i thought it would be it's a bit blunt but it is yeah but i um well we talked we haven't really talked about this game but i think briefly we talked about there are moments i think when the writing I don't know how to describe it because the tone of the game is not like overly grim. It's sort of like earnest and yeah, blunt, but there are a few times when the characters will say something that seems like oddly glib or like a strange, like sort of one liner. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think what seems weird about those moments is that because it's all text, um, it's meant to be like sort of their personality or something goofy that they might say brandis has a few lines where it's like what but (laughs) i think it's supposed to be like he's a bit like irreverent and like he's a lot more casual than donovan who's sort of like he he does his job and he's like very good at it and 
he his job is to like manipulate people whereas Brandis is sort of like he's not quite as like serious about it like you can see there's a Donovan and Akara the android end up working together at the bar for a while and then Brandis comes in later and that's when he meets Akara <laughs> and his opinion of Akara is a lot different than Donovan's like you forget that Akara is a cyborg that is sort of like not on the market and it's like this uh highly advanced new technology but their interactions with Donovan seem like extremely human and natural and like they're on the same playing field and then you get to see them from someone else's perspective yeah the so i i thought these characters were decent i didn't think they were <sighs> they were good for a video game you know they they felt like they you could understand where they were coming from yeah but when when you're saying that as well about th- this is all communicated through text and that some of the stuff, some of the lines that these characters will say that kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, one of the very first lines in the game is, is Brand is <laughs> falling out of a window. And what does he say? I, I never thought my death would be so epic. Yeah, that's not a... That's probably, for my money, like one of the worst, obviously one of the worst, but probably the worst line in the game. Just because, yeah, you have no idea what's going on. And that's what he says. And you're like, is this just like some dumb gamer shit like <laughs> is it all gonna be like this which it's not but he definitely says a lot of stuff like that yeah and you kind of get the feeling as as things go on that i don't know that this is this is part of his personality that he's like yeah he he kind of thinks he's kind of cool maybe and and yeah uh, like yeah that said there's a part where one of the like higher ups the c-suite executives at uh supercontinent talks about like playing games on steam or something they yeah there's a lot of (laughs) like what the fuck there's yeah someone else i think i took a screenshot of it too you know (laughs) you you get a part where you're being introduced to a new mechanic in the game and they say something like this isn't a video game you can't just do it like this and then like And then, like, at the climactic moment of the game, or or just before it, someone's like, this is, like, some Metal Gear stuff. Oh, my God, yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, and then the he doesn't remember the game... landline telephones, but he remembers Metal Gear. Well, that's because... The Metal Gear franchise, yeah, Konami is actually the one of the other mega corps in the game, <laughs> who is t- Metal Gear Survive 268 just came out. So. <laughs> uh, well, no, I think I think, let's be honest, though, that... Metal Gear, uh, the the concepts introduced in Metal Gear will sustain, <laughs> will bring out through our culture much longer than landline telephones ever will. That's true. I mean, we still talk about Shakespeare, so. That's right. Shakespeare, Milton, Dante, Kojima is, <laughs> is the list that you have to study when you... <laughs> it's the canon. Um, God, what was I even talking about, though? I just want to talk about Metal Gear now. And the, then, uh, voice or the yeah the dialogue and stuff. oh yeah so what i was gonna say is like these are these weird kind of like pokes at humor that i don't think it's it's great at doing no and then this stuff is a little bit undermined by you know they they make this metal gear reference which is jarring <laughs> and then the end of the game does <laughs> kind of repeats the same ideas as some stuff at the end of of metal gear solid 2 <laughs> so which i which you know i, I may have thought of but 
I am a lot more likely to to make the comparison right away when you've you've primed. right when you've actually yeah. Um, but I, I think mostly it gets it gets it across. I think the writing is is not super strong, but it wasn't enough that I was pulled out of it. I think yeah. parts where it gets a little iffy though, and I'm curious what you think about this, is some of the stuff when they get into these concepts they. And that kind of bluntness I was talking about. They'll say things like, you know, you're at one point, Akara, the android cyborg uh, robot thing, is asking you, you know, if if this program has to be implemented and we have to sort of like curb these uh, human emotions and and can stamp out different behaviors, um, which one should we should we pick? Uh, and saying, I, I trust you, Donovan, to give me right. good, good advice on this. Yeah. Because they've been talking about the morality of doing this and saying, you know, it, will this affect creativity? Will this affect, um, you know, what does humanity mean if you can't be sad or super happy or angry? Yeah. Um, and then you're given this, this questionnaire that's like, <laughs> I, I don't know, it's <laughs> it's super heavy. Not not Yeah, so... Yeah, so Akara is the, I guess, the arbiter or the conduit for which this program will hit the public. So, like, quite literally, they're in control of what actually is implemented. So, they're yeah, they're asking Donovan, like, well, if this, assuming we fail and, like, I have to implement this program, how far should I go? And you have to, yeah, you just answer a bunch of questions, which, so how many times did you play this part? Just once? Yeah, just... What? So I what are you played up to through over there? it. No, I played through it, and then I quit the game, and I had saved before, so I got to play through it again. Because oh. the first time I played it, I was like, well, yeah, so you shouldn't allow rape, uh, maybe no murder, but people should be able to still oh. be homophobic and all this stuff. Because there's, like... I thought there was, like... And Donovan's answers, either way, sort of bear out, like, uh, logically what you choose so he was sort of i was sort of like leading him into my own opinions Mm -hmm. and then afterwards akara's like so you are against this program and for most of the game yeah like the proxima and donovan are like adamantly anti the social psych welfare stuff but i sort of answered all the questions like well you know this part of it is good or like maybe do this with it and they're like, that's kind of like bullshit. And I was like, damn, that is bullshit. So the second time I went through <laughs> I it, I was like, don't use it at all. Yeah, see, I didn't I didn't think that. I thought that Android could go fuck itself after it, <laughs> it blamed me for that. Because it's, I, I think the point is interesting, right? Because the idea is Donovan is saying, you know, this is no good. You can't, you can't, a corporation should not be in charge of saying you can be sad or happy right. or angry or, or whatever. Um, and then the idea is if Donovan's saying, well, you know, if, if you do have to do this, <laughs> let's, uh, let's wipe out, uh, like, so, I don't know. Actually, I took a screenshot of this cause I knew we were going to talk about this. <laughs> um, people shouldn't commit sexual assault. You can be like, no, they're not allowed to mm-hmm. do that. Um, yeah. People will, <laughs> it's really funny out of context, <laughs> suggested Akara end sexism. Like, good, good oh, work. yeah, the little things that pop up. Yeah. Um, but so the idea is, you know, like, like Astrid was saying, is if you 
if you disagree with this being used at all, then you can't stop this. But I mean, I, I think that's a different thing. I think that's sort of A and B of saying people should be able to experience a full range of emotions. But if you have an opportunity to flip a switch that says no one can ever be raped again, then, right? Then well, that's isn't I think yeah, different. isn't but isn't the implication that like social psych welfare? Yeah, but some like, of them... the effects are sort of like up in the air right like there's a bunch of people who think they're doing different things with this program and it turns out there's only there's sort of like a a guiding force at the end but within the like i guess diegetic restraints that donovan is at that point aware of like i think it's i just thought it was it's not it's sort of a gotcha i guess because yeah you answer the questions and then akara's like well you told me you didn't want to use this thing why don't you just say you don't want to use it and you're like damn it's like a car is like socrates like a mean socrates <laughs> like, you're walking along with them and then they're like no fuck you i got you <laughs> chump <laughs> i think yeah so if i hadn't played that part again i can't really say how i would feel about that sort of uh bit but i just thought it was interesting that the game even called you out on that it was and like sort I think... of the, the like inherent contradiction I think some of them were more kind of like had had the kind of murkiness that benefited it more. Yeah. Like, I think if you say, can you just stop sexism? Be like, yeah, that's a, a sexual assault. Be like, yeah, that's, that's just sort of a blatant social good, I would, I right, would say. Yeah. But when, you know, you get asked a question like, would you end, um, oh God, which one am I thinking of? Why am I blanking? <laughs> they're like oh would you end murder and you know mm-hmm. well would you because <laughs> you know murder is not great but there are times when you know some folks might need <laughs> just adding to <laughs> where this. are you going with that yeah <laughs> no no but you know sometimes a, a person can and maybe should be murdered that sounds fucking terrifying out of context <laughs> um you know and and i think there are things like, well, xenophobia and homophobia and be like, well, yeah, that should, no, nobody who isn't a piece of shit wants that to exist. But then, right. you know, there's gradients of, well, what does this say about, you know, the human experience? And uh, yeah. And I, I think, yeah, Donovan's response to some of those is sort of like, if you just like <laughs> eliminate these things, then like what nothing actually changes, right? You just can't express those impulses and those emotions, even if you're like unaware of it, but then I'm kind of, nothing changes. But then in, on the other hand, like if it's not happening, then it is also changed. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a shortcut, I guess. Um, and then this leads you in with some of the stuff that I thought was kind of interesting. At first I thought it was a little bit clunky, but you get the, you hear the same arguments in this um, that people use when they talk about taking any kind of uh, like psych- psychological medication, you know, anything right. that's where he's saying, well, won't you not be creative anymore? Uh-huh. And yeah. the responses to this are good because I, I think, you know, I, I believe that stuff's horseshit because like not, not wanting to kill yourself or <clears throat> hide in a room is not going to, uh, being free of that is not going to hinder your, your right. Heart. Yeah, and that's um, 
And that's what the robot yeah. says, right? That's right. what Kara says. And uh, I thought that stuff was kind of interesting because it, it stretches this idea of how far are you actually comfortable with with that sort of thing if you take certain things as basic goods. Yes. If you're not someone who's scared of, you know, taking... If you're someone who's lucky enough never to have taken uh, medication for mental health or anything in you... You know, if if you're aware of okay, these things are good; they can help people. Uh, and the game kind of stretching that, I think, in a pretty organic way into the sci-fi premise. I thought it was yeah, good. yeah, that stuff. And then I think there's sort of the the obvious irony of Donovan, who like runs yeah. like, a bar where he like he's not like mind or brainwashing anyone, but he, he's like serving them. I'll I'll come clean about this. I wasn't really sure how this device was working like fictionally but he's like influencing people's minds and uh moods notably to get them to say things that he wants to hear or get them to reveal something they're keeping hidden um but we can actually sidebar for a sec because like what he's like talking to someone when you do those drink segments uh uh, yeah, it's like his what? muse or something. It's like yeah. he's like talking to like the he's like talking to <laughs> the, like bartender's muse, like, <laughs> the eternal spirit of Dionysus or something. <laughs> like just like come down to him. Um, it's uh yeah, it, it's that stuff. You have to kind of suspend things for a minute because yeah, you're matching these circles by moving around. You know, so in the in the fiction of this game, uh, like bourbon brings you up, vodka just takes you right right down, and Absinthe then like takes you left. And then <laughs> I forgot what the other yeah tequila. You're going to the right, and then these um, other ones can spin you to side to side. <laughs> yeah, they introduce a few like modifiers, and then ice makes the little circle smaller that you're trying to use. That's right. I, but yeah, he's also he's talking. I forget what he says. It's like Numera or something like that. It's like this third party yeah. he's speaking to. Which and is at first never... I was like, is this supposed to be? Is this like me? Is this what they're doing here? But I don't think it's supposed to be like the player. No, or any kind of like implant or yeah, because you know, he can't he can't have implants or even like the mirrored implant thing or anything like it's mm-hmm. it's, it's just... just a weird little quirk he has because Akara does bring that up. Which is, At the end of the game. Right, yeah. That he sort of believes like the, that he's... <sighs> and and I think this would sound nitpicky if it wasn't for the fact that it's referenced often. Right. That, that he's sort of uh, drawing on something other than just himself to... Uh, yeah, I mean, he's like... He ends up being like uh, a viable competitor for like a insanely omnipotent ai basically like he's someone that the ai is like you know i should get to know that guy he's good at this yeah. <laughs> um yeah and it also like it 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 leaves so if you say that the screen where where he's mixing these drinks is sort of separate from the other screens where you're talking to people you know because yeah. the the ui and everything changes but you know you'll do things like you'll make someone uh you can like fuck with this guy by being like i'm gonna make him a zen drink which is just some ice cubes <laughs> in a glass which i thought that was pretty funny yeah. um you know and you mix these things up and people will be like oh that's delicious and that's this and this and it kind of bleeds over 
Yeah. Uh, one thing, a brief footnote that I kept thinking about every time the characters were like, this is delicious. And then I was trying to imagine what drinking like this <laughs> fucking Frankenstein's monster of like, <laughs> like two parts tequila, like a splash of bourbon. like just... Yeah. And then, he, yeah, you get like some shit that's just called like red twist or something. And it's just like some mystery liqueur. Yeah. But, yeah. You're over there like making six drinks in a row and just pouring them out on the bar. <laughs> but there's like someone at the bar just watching you, I guess. I don't know. Really... I loved him. He's yeah, like gone into another wrong. realm to mix these drinks. Yeah, he's just beyond everything. <laughs> and these people are just, like, swilling this, like, hell concoctions. <laughs> like, the kind of things you make when you're, like, 17 and don't understand the <laughs> concepts of, like... Yeah, you're basically serving them four locos every time they order something. <laughs> it's, uh... Which is... So, this actually... I wanted to talk about this game's, like, mild similarities, I think, to another game, uh, which is a similar setting and also mm-hmm. mechanics which is valhalla from i think 2014 is when it finally came out mm, um later than that 2015 i remember 2015, 2016 wow well yeah. it was yeah so it was one of those games that like popped up during i think it was a cyberpunk game jam mm-hmm. and it was like in and out of like little demos and betas and stuff but yeah i guess 2016 and it's a very similar idea i guess which is like your cyberpunk bartender i think they call it cyberpunk bartending action which is pretty good metal gear i'm bringing it back to metal gear <laughs> it all comes back to but metal gear. The, i think the difference between these two games is that um this one's valhalla better. really <laughs> a little See, bit valhalla is like one of my favorite games in like recent memory and i think it's because it's more of like i think you said you expected this game to be more of a visual novel style, and I think Valhalla is definitely <laughs> closer to a visual novel with like some mm-hmm. bartending mechanics. But the bartending in that game is like actually about serving people things that they will like and that taste good. So yeah. someone will come in and be like, "Bro, I want to get fucked up," and you have to like give them like six of the alcohol things and then like a little bit of flavor or something like there's a lot more ingredients and um, she's still up to some some heinous stuff though too like mixing like beer and oh yeah the recipes themselves would not be good to yeah it's always like i want a beer and you like make it with like six different ingredients (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah actually no because it's like all synthetic parts so if you want to make a beer you have to like use these different yeah sort of like chemicals to simulate yeah um, um, but I think Valhalla has more of like a a character driven vibe. Like you go back to the main character's house and like put posters on your wall, and you go to work and yeah. like talk to people. And that's sort of like, I mean, there is some like revolution stuff outside of the frame of the story a little bit. But I I just really got into that game's vibe, and I like Red Strings Club a lot because it sort of approaches that sort of. Like, letting you live in a cyberpunk world, which is, I think, fairly, like, intelligently rendered. Like, the cyberpunk bits, a.k.a., like, uh, vast wealth inequality, information inequality, like, disparity in, like, uh, housing and, um, like, tech, I guess. Tech inequality is a big thing. And this game isn't really about, like, extremely impoverished people. But it is 
about like gr- generally it's about like getting back at the mega corpse and stuff yeah or at least like keeping them in check you yeah know, like not allowing the this game almost you could almost say it's it's like you know pre-apocalyptic or something or like pre-dystopian like it kind of feels yeah, like things are yeah. not awful but they very soon they could be very soon yeah because like the i guess the i keep forgetting what the fuck this thing is called the program the social psych welfare is sort of like the tipping point which a lot of cyberpunk stories would tell you about like 500 years ago they implemented yeah. social psych welfare that's and the cyberpunk we're voice all right cyber cops. yeah that was like two different voices i don't know but well it's like um I guess a good example would be, like, Altered Carbon, which I just watched, and it has, like, this very, like, um, elaborate and sort of not very coherent backstory where it's, like, people are now microchips and you can go into any body. Uh And it's one of those things where someone thinks up, they're like, that would be pretty cool. (laughs) And then it's about, like, something sort of completely separate from that. Although I think on the fringes of at least a Netflix show, I haven't watched or I haven't read the book, there are like really really interesting ideas i th- but they're not completely i think out. i think that's the way i like um stuff like sci-fi or, or fantasy to work is to say okay here's here's all these big ideas but we're centered on some people who are doing something smaller oh yeah definitely you know so i that... just think that the the way that 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 story conceives of like bodies um is mostly relayed like visually and through like sort of grace notes despite the fact that like this entire ostensible dystopia is predicated on like the i guess the disposability of bodies and for some reason as ever it becomes like a bad thing like that's sort of the thing like one of the things that's cool about this game is it's not an unambiguous uh bad how the fuck am I trying to say that? <laughs> like the plan of uh, the corporation in this game is not a hundred percent terrible, and that's like not complicated. It's like they yeah. sort of tunnel into that a little bit. And there's actually um, a, a point at the end of the game. I mean, I think we've mentioned we'll talk about everything in this, but mm-hmm. uh, just in case, if you still want to run away or something. Um, <laughs> There's a point, like, you know, in the last minutes of the game where you've, as Brandis has succeeded in, in hacking into this thing and putting this worm or, I don't know, some kind of malware or something into it so he can he can destroy this, uh, this program that's about to be launched, the social site. Like, yep. Blah, blah, welfare. blah. Social, <laughs> yeah. Social welfare <laughs> program. This game, is, this game is extremely anti-welfare. It says just... Yeah, just go to work like everyone else. <laughs> um, and uh, so he's, you know, about to press the button pretty much. And then the CEO of the company uh, sort of takes control of him or, or phones him. And you can ignore it and you can go through with it. I want to see what this 15-year-old CEO, super CEO, <laughs> which whatever. We, I don't think we even need to get into that. That's just a, a thing in this. Yeah. Um, uh, the CEO starts to essentially make make her case about why you shouldn't do this, and mm-hmm. I think I was like, "No, nah, you know what? Maybe they should do this." <laughs> like, yeah, because that's yeah. I think like, she actually ends up explaining it pretty well. Yeah, this fifteen year old savant like really 
<laughs> you, can, you can see why she... I mean, she's been trained since she was, what, a three-year-old to uh, to be the perfect yeah. CEO. So, mm-hmm. uh, of course, she's but, good at talking to plebs like me. Yeah, but that part is really interesting because you, you spent, like, half an hour, like, getting all the information you need to destroy the thing. And then she calls you, and of course you're going to pick it up. Like, I don't know why you would not pick it up because it's been, like heavily foreshadowed that the CEO only calls you when she wants to. So yeah, of course that's who's on the other end of the line. Also, I wanted to know more about this CEO too, because they're the, she's the only character I think who you don't interact with directly. Right. Um, yeah. Not from until this that cast point. of characters or there are <clears throat> maybe a few others, but none that are as important. Sorry. Yeah. And no, but yeah, when she starts explaining the plan, um, and because you're playing at Brand or as Brandis at this point, he's not as like philosophically inclined as Donovan, so he's not able to really rebut her responses in like this sort of eloquent and like grandiose way that Donovan sort of gets into these ideas. So you're just sort of like fending her off with like, "That's bullshit," or like, <laughs> uh, "People need to be sad," and like all these really yeah. sort of simple. And I think it's really effective the way she sort of just relentlessly is like, "I'm going to show you why this is good." And- yeah, and then uh, and then it all kind of goes to hell because a bunch of androids that are sharing an AI hive mind come in, right? So and uh, reveal their evil plan, <laughs> or not even well, evil. Their yeah, their it's sort plan. of just that she's or uh, the CEO. I forget her name. Is just another puppet of Akara, who is not only like a super AI, but a super AI that's been around for since 2009, I think they say. Yeah, so that's like a few very years specific. at this point. And they've been like just feeding off all the information on the internet. Specifically, they talk about like every post and stuff, which sounds like just an unimaginable kind of hell. But, <laughs> and so they've like learned the tendencies of humanity on like a grand scale and they're able to i think they say it's like course correcting a car as you drive like they're able to it's the, yeah it's the end nudge. of your solid too is it see i haven't played that except so. less eloquent you can tell they were going for the same thing <laughs> which is like this ai that has been oh god no i don't want to talk about this because yeah i have to play metal don't spoil the game that you just said has the same ending as this game <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think metal gear probably because it does it at much greater length i don't think it's as yeah, i'm sure about your time yeah uh, is is <laughs> i think um uh does this with a bit more depth okay uh, that's interesting because i did really think this was an interesting like it, it uh, is though I, yeah. I think it is like a very interesting uh topic you know the idea yeah. of i i think the idea of you know, living in the digital age where it's so much a part of our, our kind of intimate life and everything too, Mm -hmm. where, um, you know, the idea that you could profile someone based off the, their digital footprint or that you can get a sense of, you know, a group of people that you, you know, if you're some NSA freak, uh, (laughs) just uh, kidding, just kidding. I know you're listening (laughs) that you could, you know, get uh, sort of like a, uh, a decent sketch of say a group, a demographic that you're looking at, um, based on just their, again, like their digital footprint. I think all that stuff's interesting. Yeah. And the idea of data as becoming this sort of, uh, swirling 
like watercolor of who we are at given points. Yeah. I think it's really fascinating. I mean, it... I think this game. Oh, sorry. No, you go. I was going to say, I think this game is, again, like the language, the, just the moment to moment writing in this is just a bit too. It's like this stuff needs, I think, a bit more of like a scalpel, and they're kind of. Like, I think that's true. I was going to say, there's a. <laughs> I think one of Akara's last lines, they say gunna, like G O N N A. Yeah, and which... I was like, that's a little weird thing for the genius. AI to just throw out there. Well, maybe colloquially, maybe that AI learned that people prefer on social media to use <laughs> contractions. The AI also like should say "lol" at the end of its plan. Yeah. It's just like the little text bubbles are just like meme images by the end of it, and that's what convinces Brandis. He's like, "Okay, I get it now. You're speaking my language." And it shows you. Goatsy, and you yeah. have, and, and then the you camera say, zooms into it, and that's the end of it. <laughs> it says you'll never have to see this again <laughs> if you let the corporation take control. Um, yeah. I do think that I mean when Akara like lays it all out, and also the CEO, there's like a few clutch like similes and like turns of phrase that they throw yeah. out that I think are really good at like imparting a lot of meaning into a few words and. I don't really feel like the game ever falls down at important points, but I agree that the there's just a lot of like tiny things that are just a little bit off, maybe. It feels um, sort of not perfectly translated. Is is kind I, of yeah? The... There's some typos also that were strange, um, like just not even like misspelled words, but just like me instead of b or yeah, something i think i noticed that too um i wonder if this was written in english though i'm not sure for some reason i th- in my head but i don't know if this is completely <laughs> no i shouldn't even say because i might just be wrong i thought this team was spanish or portuguese uh, it, yeah i feel like that is the case or italian i'm just gonna keep <laughs> naming <laughs> european countries List every country on earth <laughs> The writer, director, designer is from Spain, so I think that they're a Spanish team. So um, and there is just, also a dialogue editor credit, though, like or like a script editor credit. So they, right. there might have been like a collaborative process to like polish this thing up. Because yeah, there's like moments where it slips through and it seems like yeah, like translated almost, or like uh, which is just sort of working around the natural or quote-unquote natural way to say it yeah that kind of stuff is is always i understand how the difficulty um yeah yeah, i mean he wrote it all himself so that's impressive i know Um, when i'm done writing something i never want to see it again so i can imagine yeah and (laughs) and imagine you had you were designing a game around it as well yeah Uh, i just don't like when sometimes it feels like translations and just the dialogue and everything in games is given the short shrift like you have these beautiful animations that are yeah so great and then you have these things and it's just like well you know so much of what you're doing is is you're trying to tell me a story uh right like through dialogue almost entirely especially yeah this game especially it very much leans on that but i don't want to it's not it's by far not the worst writing I've ever encountered in a game. No, it's... I mean, I would... I think this is, like... 
like holistically, I think a, a well-written game. Mm-hmm. I think it, the, some of the details are yeah. fudgy, but I will say about the like the art direction and sort of the just the vibe of the game, I was really into like the character models and the like the outfits and just the way they move is really yeah. It has a really I think a really good look. Yeah, it's like sort of minimal. Like once you realize that you're not even like moving around these spaces like you would in an adventure game. It's sort of just like uh, tableaus that have like details like flickering lights or someone like moving a little bit. It 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 is really impressively put together because they're just showing you something and then the text happens in that screen. Yeah. Like, I mean, I I love the way that. Uh, because the rhythm of of sort of the the bulk of the game is you you know this thing where you're standing off to the right on the screen behind the bar, and yeah. uh, Akara is sort of standing next to the door on the left side of the screen, and then these characters come in, you know, and Akara will say this person's approaching, uh, <laughs> because they can uh, monitor different stuff. But I every time a new character comes in, I think the the character designs are really great and yeah. communicate a lot and not and their body language too yeah. like when they sit down yeah that, yeah that's what i was going to say is it's not just um just like a, a really good concept drawing it's yeah they, they move in ways that are uh i don't know i i think it's it's pretty tremendous in that stuff i think i remember that's what really drew me to gods will be watching was the animation um, yeah it has a similar yeah the their character art is very distinctive mm-hmm. um i think I, I know this is getting somewhat long but i wanted to talk to you about sort of what you thought about this game's sort of vision of just people on a day-to-day uh like on a day-to-day level like i i think it was you know talking about optimism or cyn- cynicism about uh kind of like this cast is is made up of your main characters Brandis and Donovan are gay and it's not ever you're not hit over the head with it which i like no you're really not like and at uh, all <laughs> and it's sort of like it's it's like this multicultural city you have uh you know, characters of different ethnicities and everything, uh, and different mm-hmm. sexualities, and it's all sort of portrayed as just it is. You know, this is what it yeah. is. And I kind of wonder, because I feel like a lot of times when in games where it seems like these things are very calculated, I know we've like I've talked to you about this, I know I've talked to Ed about this as well, where in certain games it feels like you're it's almost like a checklist kind of thing right. where you're saying well i want gay main characters okay so that's covered um mm-hmm. you know i want uh i want to have an asian character here checklist you know and this yeah. game to me it didn't feel like this but i feel like it also was very intentional to have like a more diverse cast and to use that to suggest something about where this is you know right, what, like what you, this it sort of i think impresses to a greater extent that this bigger dilemma is something that will affect everyone on earth it's sort of like a natural way of having like a tiny cross-section of a greater like human population i guess like 
it's not just people of one like gender and ethnicity and like creed like deciding all this stuff it's sort of like a uh, multicultural team of various faiths and beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I think when you brought up like a checklist, like that's how I felt about Wolfenstein a little bit. Was that they like, and I think it's because Wolfenstein doesn't really bear out in any other way, like the idea of diversity yeah. being like a, a like desirable thing. It just sort of shows you things that it knows are like politically in vogue right now yeah the first game is better i I feel like i'm yeah tripping over what i want to say as well too because i think that's fine also too but sometimes it feels like good is good in the end like i don't really the motives of the developers don't always translate into like the utility of what they end up putting out but i do think this game it just is meaningful in this game in like a lot of ways. I think the relationship between Donovan and Brandis is like kind of interesting. It felt like something out of like a Vertigo comic from like the nineties where it's like the like crass hacker and like the buttoned up bartender who are together. And I didn't realize they were together for like an hour or something. <laughs> Cause they're not like in yeah. the same room for a while. Yeah, and when they first start talking to each other, it's because there's this, you know, like, gut-shot android. (laughs) Yeah, and you you sort of don't realize that Brandis' coalition of resistance people are connected directly to what Donovan's doing. Yeah. Um, But I do... The ending, I think, actually made me think about their relationship because, like, the final, like, choice in the game is, like, what you tell donovan as brandis as his last words basically that walked a really fine line between being sort of like overly saccharine but Mm -hmm. also was just kind of nice yeah because like you've been told all this stuff by the android the big ai villain questionably villain and then the only point at which you can tell anyone else about it is as the like the second option and the first option is just telling them that you love them, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, there like was... They sort of... That is also said in that conversation, but it felt like a big, like, declaration. Yeah, like, uh, what is <clears throat> what is the most important thing, too? And there's also a borderline cheesy thing where um, Brandis is freaking out because his uh, he's been under the influence of this conditioning, this emotional conditioning, and he didn't know it. Yeah, all the Um, hackers, I guess, in the city were hit with this thing. And then it's taken away from him by the CEO, and he, you know, feels all the anxiety and and, uh, fear and everything from... All these negative emotions come flooding in. Well, his... Yeah, his friend at the beginning, who's killed, they sort of bring that back in a really effective way, I thought. That felt nice, like a nice yeah. uh, closing of the loop. Because her death is like, not to derail you, but the scene where she dies is like really, really like graphic. Mm-hmm. And from there, they don't really... I mean, they have a scene where everyone scatters her ashes, all the Proxima revolutionaries scatter her ashes, but you sort of forget about that as the game goes on, and then they bring it back at the end, which I thought was pretty cool. 
they take like bits of her uh personality yeah that was interesting they take like her and then like they leave one and throw it into the water yeah which i liked um yeah but sorry Um, yeah so okay yeah so then this this thing happens and he's he's uh you know, having this horrible reaction and the screen is kind of shaking around. And, um, the idea is this, the CEO wants, wants Brandis to give in and say like, yes, please put me back on this conditioning. I can't, I can't hack Mm -hmm. this. Um, and he manages to get through it with the help of speaking to Donovan again. Um, and I can't remember if it's said outright or it's just heavily implied that, you know, he's saying that, well, if I have, this person I love, then I'm going to be able to weather this stuff, you know, um, which, you know, again, is, is something that could very easily have been very saccharine. Like, it's almost like this, this climax thing. And then the power of love, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) brings him back from it. But yeah, it, it was another thing that just kind of felt nice. Like it just like, um, this sort of like very simple human core to the story of saying that, you know, these are the things that are ultimately very important or, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it's that... sort of, that is one of the answers to the game's bigger questions, maybe, although it doesn't, I don't think it ever explicitly makes that connection or it's no. like Donovan's like, I know what the alternative to this program or like something really corny where it's like a big moment, but mm-hmm. it's nonetheless, like that's what happens in that sequence. Yeah. And I think, Okay, some of this ties into two of the other things that were kind of the last things that I wanted to get into with this. Yeah. Of one thing is that I felt I appreciated that this game was pretty in and out. You know, it was maybe I think three and a half hours, a little bit less. Yeah. For me, um, and I appreciated that because I didn't feel like it needed to be huge and you know and labor no. any points. But I did feel at times like it was, it could have benefited from a bit more sort of exploration of, of these characters. Even like, I'm, I'm talking like, you know, an additional half hour of the game that could have, I felt like really nailed mm-hmm. some of this stuff. Like we were talking about the dialogue, like not being a hundred percent sure of exactly how you're supposed to read this Brendis character. And I would have liked, yeah. you know, just like a just a bit more in in a few scenes that's fair and yeah, because they well did you ever use uh there's like a pill you can use when you're making drinks that will allow you to redo conversations no i never and i think i, okay, I used that yeah use <laughs> i think you're if not like supposed to but it's like implied that if you use that you can sort of like i think that's where a lot of the character development is hiding Mm. in those conversations not with brandis specifically obviously because you're never making him the drinks but like all the various like super continent personalities and stuff i think those scenes where they come into the bar do a lot of heavy lifting um yeah i also i didn't want to uh put this roofie thing in anyone's drink it felt yeah i mean that is like i think a step too far right yeah because what he what he's like doing normally is already a little weird um, but at least they're like and it's weird in a way and getting yeah booze. and they're also they also seem to be aware of what he's doing to them at least some of them yeah i think uh larissa the what is her title the marketing director of supercontinent 
uh-huh. seems to be like very aware of what she's getting when she orders these drinks. Which yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. Um but so aside from that stuff I kind of I do kind of want to play this again and see some of that. I have too much yeah, other stuff I mean, to get to. It, it goes fast and there's it's, a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, I was kind of conflicted about that. But okay, so there are other things and this ties back into with some of the stuff about uh you know the way that they portray this this multicultural society and everything and <clears throat> this sort of like borderline utopian but not really uh yeah. view of sexuality and gender uh-huh. was that I felt like this this stuff was all flat in a way that betrayed something which is not a huge deal but then they bring in this point later on where uh when you're Brandis and you're hacking in you have to figure out someone's dead name which is like something they keep on file and they draw yeah. your attention toward this and well, then so it feels like but on one hand okay so the one character has this who's a shithead um yeah that's the thing i think but then it, it does show like basically what i think is interesting about some of that is that it shows that things are not utopian and perfect right and i think one of the crucial bits there is when akara asks you should women still be oppressed or something and the third option is like no they're not or like, <laughs> they're not anymore and i think that's meant to suggest that like despite all these things and like the i think like the surface level like permissiveness of this society that like person to person interactions are still fraught with all the same like oppressions and inequalities and like just basic like differences in power that they are today and i think the i only it's not even really a subplot but just the bit about so the guy who thinks that he has invented this social psych welfare is sort of like this jackass tech bro who you don't really realize how much of a dickhead he is until (laughs) yeah you have to hack into his computer and his password is uh the marketing officer larissa it's like her dead name and the number of androids that he's thinks he's created yeah and he's sort of like equating his knowledge of her identity with things that he has mastery over when in reality he has neither of those things to his name like he didn't actually invent these androids and she is who he is and i think what's interesting about that scene is that maybe it doesn't read the same way to everyone because no one else in the game even remarks on it. Like uh, you get your yeah. dead name from someone and then you get a little bit of information about, I think it was like gender supplements or something when you call a certain character and it just sort of like goes by, like no one else really thinks anything of her transition and her identity. But- but then you also have, like you were saying, that stuff about when you're being asked questions, you know, do uh, sexism, homophobia, and xenophobia mm-hmm. are, you know, things yeah. that they bring up in this. So this stuff still exists. Right. So, like, what I'm kind of on, like, and I, I don't have a, a problem really with how it's done, but I felt like I wanted more because it's That's hinting fair, at yeah. these things and it feels like it's just scratching something but it doesn't it doesn't go into it as much as yeah 
And I think the game at times leads you toward it and says, this is an interesting thing that's going on within this society, this yeah. future society. I don't know. And I'm not usually someone who's going to say, I want, you know, you to exhaust, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, like, I don't need you to you know, rip the heart out of your, your mysteries and detail mm-hmm. them all. So I feel satisfied, but it just felt like almost like a wasted opportunity and something that, I don't know. Maybe I'm confused about. It was just something that was kind of like there as, as the game came to yeah. a close, and it just felt like it was a thread that just never was explored. Yeah, that's fair. I thought that the. Because it is sort of a roundabout way to enter that conversation. Like, it's part of like a. Not a mini game, but it's like a mechanical thing that ends up turning into a much larger question about like this specific character this guy who like is revealed to have been manipulated all along but i think that it's sort of it's deployed like any other issue or like signifier in the game which is that um like you said it all has like sort of a flat or like even-handed tone Mm -hmm. but i think what it means is interesting with those two characters because this guy thinks that he that he knows who she is like he doesn't respect her identity and he like thinks that he knows something deeper about her than she does about herself and he has this name as sort of like a totem of that and yeah it's like a like invalidating her because he knows who she quote-unquote used to be um and that's sort of true to my experience i think is that people don't really understand like why a name means what it does I guess if, if you've never had to like consider the fact that you have a certain name or that you might want to change your name right and I think that even well-intentioned people can not quite get there like I mean it's just one of those things where literally unless you have experienced that you're not going to really fully understand it on the outside but this character was his he has a really stupid name too. Edgar Coldstream. Yes. Right? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that's it. Uh Doctor Coldstream or whatever the fuck he is. <laughs> but he is like played as a tool even before you realize this about them. So I think is effectively another way of imparting that he's a dick. And also what I said about um his sort of feeling that he has mastery over all these different things in his life well yeah and when you talk about mastery as well it's like he's in love with this woman too yeah if you Which is call like, him it's using not like, her voice yeah he's like yeah he, he like just gets like super worked up like he's yeah he's pumped that she's calling him because she yeah probably would not have called him otherwise no uh, um, and i think that is part of the dead naming also which is that sort of just misguided like intimacy or a misguided feeling that you know the real you or that type of shit well it kind of you know and and it feels like it paints a pretty quick portrait of how much of a shitbag this guy is too because when you talk about like a uh, sense of mastery and everything it's like he's he's enamored he's enamored with her 
to the point where he feels like he has like almost like a trophy or something of like yeah that's something that's that he way. trophy considers a like a in like some inner knowledge or something yeah like um, something that yeah and it, it, he also notably knows exactly how many akara androids there are and yeah. he's like boasting about it yeah because he's a <laughs> he's a shithead and uh, i do i think on a just maybe like a grander scale it does because cyberpunk stories don't always like acknowledge that for a lot of people being an android would be really great and like being able to like modify your body without going through what you have to go through in like mm. real life would be sort of a great thing and like sort of a positive fantasy and i think the the larissa character is sort of a nod in the direction of that kind of science fiction stuff where it's like identity still means something like these distinctions between like android and human are usually played as like a cheap like racism metaphor i think Mm -hmm. but here it's something a little more uh interesting and i think true to life which is that modifications are not in themselves bad and that they can be used for all different things and identity doesn't cease to mean something right i think because these things exist yeah i think that's kind of the interesting topic too in like post-humanist stuff and transhumanist or i can't remember all my different (coughs) (laughs) sci-fi subgenre topic things but i think uh we're past the point of saying of saying you know it's i i think of and i don't want to get into a big discussion of these movies but uh, the first blade runner is is asking you know are can can computers or robots be human and yeah the new one that came out uh, 2049 is like well so much time has passed the question now is what does it mean to be uh human when when you've accepted that these things are are happening and they're yeah like what is the shared quality between yeah which like ais and people or like to me that's that more yeah to me that's a more interesting question of yeah than because we we are you know uh probably the first generation to be more sort of like have technology influence our lives in such a natural way yeah <clears throat> such an integrated way <clears throat> so i think yeah. the question to us is not like well our computers you know, natural in any way. It's, well, yeah, they are now. That's just what it is. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, the whole, like, what if robots are human thing, I think, devalues, like, every end of that question, like, both the humanity part yeah. and the cyborgism part, so. It feels <laughs> like it was a, it's a prompt from last century, you know? Yeah, like and it, it's a prompt that, like, doesn't even, like, I think transhumanism is a way into similar ideas but from people who like have like a personal stake in it maybe as opposed to just like well i like cyberpunk and it's cool (laughs) when deckard shoots the robots i like i like when the robot turns out to be evil yeah because you thought it was a helper and then it was (laughs) then it was bad yeah which Um, again like it always like runs into the same like slavery metaphors right and they're so bad like, and the, yeah and this game felt like it was more yeah I, I, again though uh, you know i'm saying like i i wanted 
I wanted more. I wanted something a little bit more holistic of all of this. I wanted a bit. I more. agree. I think the yeah, like the sort of brevity of the plot forces them to make like a lot of like compact decisions as far as how to relay all this stuff, and I don't think it ever doesn't work. But I definitely wanted more time yeah. with it. That's why I'm and also that's not a bad thing. Definitely. Yeah, it's sort of like Observer, maybe. Like, I yeah. think Observer is more of a microcosm of that particular world, but there's also a lot on the edges that's really interesting. I felt probably more done with Observer by. That's true. But that's also a function <laughs> of. Yeah. I that's mean... just that type of game. Like, how long do you want to hide under the desk from the scary monster man? Like... I, I, but I do want to listen to Rucker Hauer uh, do that voice. That's for... true. What if Rucker Howard did the voices for this game? <laughs> of all of them. All the voices. idea. Should have been a stretch goal for the Kickstarter. <laughs> Imagine at the end there when it's like 18 Akaras <laughs> in the room and it's all <laughs> Rucker Howard. <laughs> Lazarski. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people pretend like they're done with like quote unquote cyberpunk, but I think it's something that has like increasing potential like if you come at it from like an honest like not sort of like a hollow nostalgic view where it's just like i want to do this neon stuff but you actually like look at the ideas and look how those ideas relate to where we are today and like how they've been iterated on because like the sort of like classic cyberpunk thing was like sort of a done deal by like 2000 i think like william gibson moved on and like sort of refracted those same concerns through a more realistic or more modern milieu. Mm-hmm. And then like every time that same aesthetic gets wheeled out, it is a little bit of a hurdle. Like I didn't expect to like this game so much. Yeah, and I I think that is a factor of maybe you know, it's like I was saying like back at the beginning of this episode like when this starts off and it's here's your android uh, is it human mm-hmm. and here's the rain and the neon and the guy in the mirror yeah. shades like falling out of a skyscraper and stuff and it's yeah. just like I mean this could have been the same story with a different approach to that aesthetic absolutely but it yeah yeah but it helps I mean that's if you're making a game about uh, like this kind of story and you don't have it look like that it's probably a much harder sell so yeah I I don't know I feel like the sort of like I don't know if you could classify it as a full on revival yet, but whatever's going on with Cyberpunk right now. Yeah. Um feels like it's it it could, if things go well, lead to a, a more thorough exploration of of what that genre can be or subgenre or whatever. Yeah. Um you know, because I think it's it's time now, you know, again. Like it, it, I think it's always yeah. been a lot of the basic questions are still you know that were raised in the early 80s and stuff are, are just yeah. becoming more but they but they look different now you know they have that's to the thing them. yeah like it doesn't you don't like jack into your deck and then you're online it's like a more i do symbiotic process <laughs> no i what are you talking about <laughs> i do everything related to computers with a full <laughs> vr headset <laughs> in a dark room yeah ironically it's vr that has turned out to mean nothing and <laughs> for you, not maybe everything else. <laughs> I'm in it 23 hours a day. 
I have to take it off to shower, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think. God, I'm worried about how long this is going. But the one thing I did mean to say as well about that sequence at the end is I I think um, with Brandis hacking in, I think one thing that was that did strike me about that the further it got and when it got into the part with the password being the dead name and the creepiness of it um, is I did think there was something subtle and and interesting going on with um, this, you know, apparently pure-hearted revolutionary who is trying to protect the people um, from from being sort of like unduly influenced by outsiders and then he's hacking into this stuff and the hacking is not this thing of, of navigating through uh, business plans and all of this. It's it's him, and I think the landline kind of reinforces this of being this more a physical kind of intimate form of technology of him talking to people and kind of just like manipulating them into getting their secrets and him, I think, getting yeah. more and more manipulative and going further in a way that by, by the time he's he has to use the password that has uh Loris's dead name and everything i think it's almost like a oh this is this is disgusting now and he's doing the same thing as this guy who the story wants you to say he's gross too yeah you do end up like calling people using someone else's voice and like straight up lying to people who are like mentally unstable yeah and i mean assuming that Brandis doesn't succeed there. He's basically like ruined the careers and lives of everyone he talks to at that point. Um, but there is a bit of dialogue when he talks to Akara where Akara says that like, or maybe it's the CEO. Those two scenes are very close to each other, but he sort of says that like, you know, we do a lot of the same things, but it's the vision that right. ends up distinguishing them, which seems to be like the operating principle for the Proxima revolutionaries and i'd say maybe the the thrust of what this game considers you know when we if you bring it back to the stuff about you know love and and yeah being sort of the the basic foundation of of what is good it's it's like the same thing you know if you equate those two sort of really simple uh variable things of like love and vision Mm -hmm. um become sort of the way through all of this because the story does again and again make the player think about how they're manipulating people as well emotionally and more emotionally than intellectually for the most part even that suicide part when you he says something about i can hack into her implants (laughs) to calm her down or something (laughs) and then he's like but i'd really like to not do that if possible yeah well, that's, uh, I was going to say, it is the, the scene where you're sort of sculpting all the implants at the beginning. You're playing as the revolutionary, is her name like Ariadne or something? Yeah, I don't know yeah, how to pronounce it. So that is sort of from the jump, the image you get of this group is like uh, forcibly switching people's implants without their knowledge. Yeah. Because they are, uh, you know, employees of this corporation, which is... We shouldn't go on too much longer, but it's brought back at the end when there's sort of a brief flashback to Brandis and Donovan sort of talking. I think it's before they got together. And at one point, Donovan sort of lays out this vision of the world where he says that that there are like shared desires and shared emotions no matter what your station in life, basically. So like, it doesn't matter if you're like 
the top 0.1% of the society or if you're like a bartender or whatever like everyone wants and feels the same things maybe and I wasn't thinking enough about that in terms of what that does to kind of the rest of the stuff where I was saying it didn't go into it enough well yeah, I think that a scene is really important but it's sort of hard to focus on because it's sort of like spliced between the climax of the game <laughs> a little bit but I think that scene's really important because I don't fully agree with him, but as far as the game goes, I think that's a sort of a thematically important scene. Yeah. Which, I mean, is sort of an obvious observation to make about the climax, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, the thing no. they put in in the last five minutes means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Why was that there? Why were they drinking beer? <laughs> what did that have Didn't to do with sense. anything? Yeah. not um, No, and there is, I think, a nice... There, There's despite some of the the dialogue not being great and everything there is something sort of more confident and artistically kind of capable about this game than yeah than a lot of games just just the way all these different things come together and and i think you can tell that the god the low the low barism but you can tell that the the creator of this game that that they were all thinking about what these things actually mean yeah, I mean, it hangs together and not... I mean, there's plenty of, like, fiction of all stripes that sort of breaks down when mm-hmm. you try and unpack... Even when you try and unpack, like, the implications and the metaphors, that doesn't always get played to completion. But I think this game sort of has a unified purpose, which is really nice to see. And yeah. it also... I mean, like you said, it just doesn't... It doesn't go on too long, and that's probably a big part of it. It doesn't have a chance to, like, trip over its own dick or whatever. Yeah. That, but, uh, <laughs> that that one there's you know, a I always heard that expression <laughs> by the way as tail but uh <laughs> there's a that cut at the end when everyone's like you know what tomorrow we're gonna go do this uh, everybody gets some sleep and you're like alright what do I do now and then immediately it's just um it cuts to Brandis in the guy's office like ready to start hacking I just thought that was really cool it yeah just skips that downtime and it's like here we go yeah, whereas Get into in it. <laughs> a lot of other games you would then spend an hour uh, Yeah, going around to everyone at camp and getting items and making sure you have your relationships doing maximum, doing all, all the dialogue shit. trees to yep. uh, make sure that you heard all their opinions about how they feel about the next night <laughs> Finishing 16 quests <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's maybe a good a good place to kind of uh, Yeah this podcast this is officially as long as the game itself. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't think, uh, I thought this game was interesting. I didn't think we were going to go maybe as long, but I, I don't know. It's really worth playing and it's also fairly accessible as far as I know, like financially. So everyone should play it. Yeah. And it's, what is it? Is it PC and Mac, right? Yes. It's yeah. something that caters to <laughs> the <laughs> the Mac dwellers like Astrid who yeah. can't usually play PC <laughs> games. Um, yeah, God, I keep thinking of different things about this, but I think maybe yeah. that's maybe that's enough. I Hopefully, think we hit that... all the main stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's fairly impressive that there's like no huge problems with it. Like it is what it wants to be. I think very well. Hmm. 
you know what would make this game even better is if they went and they just cleaned up that dialogue a bit. <laughs> just get Astrid to do it. They'll just a... put a enhanced edition out into yeah. it. It's like the first Witcher. <laughs> yeah, it'll be remastered. Um, I, I guess that's going to do it, huh? Yeah, I think that's it. That is this month's bullet points extra. Uh, that makes it sound like we do an extra every month, but that's not necessarily the case. That's this quarter's <laughs> bullet points extra. Uh, yeah, it's almost the end of the fiscal quarter Q1, yeah. so we had to sneak one of We're these We're very into... aware of those uh, yeah. quarters and what they mean for our financial success. Yeah, when you... <laughs> when you're raking in the big bucks, you got to think of the fiscal quarters and make sure that... <laughs> You're above board. We don't want the three different governmental tax entities coming for us. And, um, yeah, so that's that's going to do it. I think, um, the, sorry this one's a bit late. Life got in the way and schedules and work and everything for both Astrid yeah. and I. We've been trying to... I was to... able to play 40 hours of Overwatch, but couldn't fit this in. So well... That's my fault. Well, I'm not apologizing on your behalf then. <laughs> I was, like, doing a lot of work and stuff. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's what I meant to say. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Sorry about that, but here it is. Uh, I don't know. The stuff's all free, so... <laughs> get, get, get off my back, all right? <laughs> uh, um, this should, will this come out before our next podcast, I think? I, yes, I think okay. so. Um, so look forward to that on... The Metro Games. Yeah, the Metro Games, which is what we are uh, co- coincidentally doing a month on on Bullet Points Monthly right now. Uh, and by the time this goes up, you will have been able to read Ed did the first week and Astrid did the second week. And then Ed and I had it kind of back and forth for the third week. And then our last week will be Yusuf Cole. Um, and then he'll be on the podcast with us. So that's... yes. That's all the Metro for you. And I think we've even locked down our next month's game, too, haven't we? Uh, yeah, after um, after really easy process. Our Dark Knight, <laughs> our dark knight of the Soul. Um, uh, yeah, we're going to do that at their Metal Gear Survive, um, mm-hmm. which is the, uh, the, the next installment in Hideo Kojima's <laughs> auteur Opus. vision. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's been hard at work at this. Him alone. Uh, and <laughs> well, I've... I mean, all the other games were him alone. If you hear anyone online tell it, so that's true. Well, no, there's also <laughs> that uh, Shinikawa who does the the concept illustrations as well. Okay, he's, uh, yeah, just them. It's he's kind of like the uh... oh god, I'm trying to think of uh... he's the the Danny Elfman to uh... <laughs> Kojima's Timber. <laughs> so, yeah, Metal Metal Gear Survive. Another game that knows what it wants and executes it perfectly. Yeah. Um, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, actually, uh, following up on that without being too revealing, uh, is um, this this uh, website and podcast and stuff can be uh, difficult to maintain in terms of uh, just keeping things rolling smoothly. And uh, no surprise, but as in everything in life, money helps a great deal toward making this possible and making it uh at some points just like actually just possible to do things yeah. 
Um, the more money we have, the better our opinions become. <laughs> that's true. The, the fucking hotter the takes get. <laughs> that's right. Don't you want to see how far we can take it? Yeah, we can go right right to the moon <laughs> and back. So, uh, patreon.com slash bullet points monthly um, is if if you can support that. We are working on things to, uh, to, to try to give back as much as possible, but... Um, we kind of devote all the time we currently have just to doing the podcast and the articles, but we're trying to trying to make this this sucker bigger. You know, we want this baby to grow up big and strong. <laughs> yeah, there we <laughs> have this... we have some cool stuff in the pipeline, though. Yeah, yeah, we do. So, uh, yeah, just just help us, please. We yes. like it, and uh, I also understand if you don't have money for Patreons um, as, as someone who. Uh, does not support patreons and would like to yeah um but re- <laughs> honestly uh retweeting stuff and uh telling people about it and just honestly just retweet the hell out of mm-hmm. stuff you like that we yeah. do and just so more people can see it and then maybe a millionaire will see our our website and they'll donate a dollar a month yeah that's all we need so that's yeah that's our <laughs> our pbs telethon portion of of the show yeah I- Astrid, where can people find you on the the World Wide Web? Uh, I'm at Hastapura on Twitter. Um, and obviously on Bullet Points also. And uh, your phone number, your mailing address, <laughs> your social security number would all be helpful as well. Uh, I'm at Reed McCarter on Twitter. You can find all my stuff on there. And, uh, yeah, and then I, I have been known to do stuff on bullet points as well. And I think that's, I think that's it. So next up, next up is, uh, is Metro. You can punch that into your holodeck and surf those, (laughs) surf those webs. I think I'm done. (laughs) Thank you, everybody.